It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Larry Ogunjobi has signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that leaves the Bengals without his services and the Steelers with a new three-tech. Let's talk about that, plus answer some of your mailbag questions in today's episode. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, Hot Take James Rapine, putting on the Hot Take chain as we start today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you that make us your first listen. I hope you join the club and make that a habit. And those of you that subscribe and follow anywhere you get your podcast or on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Bengals listeners. That means you get $50 off purchases of $500 or more, including engagement purchases. Just use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. James, we're going to get started with the unfortunate news, I would say, that Larry Ogunjobi has signed a one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's not pending a physical. That is a pen-to-paper done deal. The photo is posted of Larry Ogunjobi signing his contract with the Steelers, and this is after a visit to the Jets and no reported contact with the Cincinnati Bengals, although it was just a week ago that we were speculating that the Bengals were leaving the light on for Mr. Ogunjobi's return. We're also going to talk about some of your mailbag questions, including some wide receiver questions and more. That'll be coming up later yeah, in the baby. show. Yeah. James's favorite topic, wide receivers. Yeah. But it's you've got your hot take you. chain on for a reason, I imagine, James. Mm-hmm. Is it to start the show? Is there a hot take for Larry Ogunjobi that's coming? Yeah, and it it is nothing to do with Larry because I like Larry and I would have been excited for the Bengals and for fans uh, had he been uh, brought back and re-signed with the Bengals, I would have been happy for DJ Reader. It's not really a Larry thing, but covered Larry a little bit indirectly, really, in, in Cleveland, and then uh, you know covered him again last year. And he's a productive player, so it's nothing about him. But are we sure? Are we sure that Indomitian Sue isn't a better fit anyways than Larry Ogunjobi? Are we sure? Given the injury now, and I get it, pre-injury, I would have said, no doubt about it. It, It's Larry Ogunjobi, and that's it. But to me, the Bengals are in win-now mode. They can't really pay Ogunjobi big money anyway, which is what he's going to want long-term. And so for a one-year, who's going to be better in 2022? A 28-year-old Larry Ogunjobi coming off of a foot injury that did prevent him from signing a life-changing type contract with the Bears that probably kept the Jets from offering him big money, which is why he didn't sign there, and that was still available mid-June. The Bengals weren't in a rush to get him, and the reason the Steelers did was because Stephon Tuitt retired. Let's be honest here. They're not in the Larry Ogunjobi market. If that doesn't happen, 
So to me, and I don't think the Bengals will go after him necessarily, and Dominic Sue, but I look at it, I think I'm in <clears throat> I'm in Camp Sue here when it comes to 2022. So Sue 2022, that's the hot take. I know a lot of people are upset about Larry Ogunjobi, but if it's if we're talking about one year, I think I know what I'm getting with Indomitian Sue, which is is probably uh, not. It can't be said right now, at least at this stage, for Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, and the injury is something that we just don't know about. He hasn't been with the team, so he hasn't been spotted on rehab fields or participating in OTA practices. He hasn't been on injury reports, which aren't even required in the offseason. But he's just been in the ether. And now OTAs are done. We'll find out more about his injury status when Pittsburgh starts their training camp in late July. I wonder if the Bengals had an informal like offer out there like hey if if you want to come back it'll be something like this you know i wonder if they were interested i wonder if it was the injury i wonder what the degree of interest was especially after drafting zachary carter but a good point that i believe it was paul dander jr with the athletic who points it out that the bengals only have one player that weighs between like 285 and 330 pounds or something like that and that's bj hill so they're kind of missing that you know, Geno Atkins size or Ndamukong Sue size, 300, 310 pounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ndamukong Sue, by the way, reportedly has drawn interest from the Raiders and the Vikings. The Bengals not on that list as of time of recording on Wednesday. And we also don't know the details of Larry Ogunjobi's contract as of time of recording. We know it's one year. We don't mm-hmm. know what the money was. Uh, and and the thing for, for Larry that I understand for him is he's going to a defensive line to play beside Cam Hayward and and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and it's a pretty good defense. The defense mm-hmm. is going to be the reason Pittsburgh wins some games. And so if you're Larry Ogunjobi and you're still trying to set yourself up for that life-changing deal that you felt slip through your fingers in a very tragic way and probably a very frustrating way with the Bears. I understand that you think you can have some pretty good productivity in that spot in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That makes some sense to me. You're playing beside some good players on the defensive front and you have a chance to be productive again there and set yourself up. Probably not as good a chance to make a, a real Super Bowl run, right? I, I think without a quarterback. What you talking, what you, what talking about? Shady McCoy says Kenny Pickett and Joe Burrow are the same I, guy. I was just going to talk about that. Despite oh. what Shady McCoy says. And, and did you see Chase Claypool's face? When he said that, he's like, you know, like a little a little grimace going on there. I mean, that's that's crazy. But um, yeah. we'll, we'll see what the money is for Ogunjobi, right? He gets to play the same role in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked me, what's the difference from a 3-4 to a 4-3 for Ogunjobi? It's, it's not going to be a different role for him there. He's going to be playing three-tech. He's going to be asked to one gap. He's going to be asked to get into the field, to get into the backfield and disrupt plays before they get started. So it's going to be the same for him there. And it could just be a, a money thing. It could be that it was the first mm-hmm. offer he got and he wanted to secure something in a spot where he feels like he has good familiarity with the AFC North, obviously, having played in the AFC North his whole career. Could go for the AFC North Grand Slam if he signs with the Ravens next year. And uh, a spot where he can play the same role and potentially stack up some stats to bring in a contract next offseason. So I get it from his perspective. I wonder if the Bengals were interested. And yeah. if they see him as... A, a different player from Darius Phylon. I think he has more of a track record 
than a guy like Darius Phylon who has the same sort of injury concern, got injured in the playoffs, hasn't played as much, but was a good pass rusher for the Raiders down the stretch last year. And and the way they drafted it, it, you know, it really just makes you wonder if they actually legitimately were interested to the point of offering a competitive contract. And that's that's the thing is they might have been like, yeah, Larry, go test it. This is what's on the market. And, you know, I, I here's what I think is clear. They weren't willing to to move mountains to try to get him and, and keep him around. And I think the door was was cracked and, and maybe even open. But Larry would have had to been, you know, open to, to walking back through that. And that's kind of awkward after he had almost left and agreed to leave in free agency before. Uh, two things. You mentioned Darius Phylon. I do think that from a Bengals target standpoint, he's 28 years old. That would make some sense if they're comfortable or uncomfortable with what they have on the interior of that defensive line. Uh, the one other part on Sue that I uh, failed to leave out uh, as part of the, the take, the dude hasn't missed a game, regular season game, since 2011. I was in college, okay? You're talking about Baby James at the time. So Baby James in college at the University of Cincinnati and King Sue, last time he missed a game. So it's not like there's injury concerns with this guy. And I know he's 35, but clearly he's durable. Had six sacks last year, six sacks the, the season prior as well. So he, he's been productive. I, I don't necessarily know if they'll be interested, but if they are, um, I, I could see and make an argument despite his age. Uh, that being said, and we talked about it earlier this week, Jake, this might be the youth movement. It might be a Zachary Carter. We're going to play Sam Hubbard inside some. Joseph Osai is going to give us that edge boost that we want. And banking on Cam Sample and these guys, I I get the feeling that that might be the route they go here with the defensive line because it did not feel like they were willing to to move mountains or do whatever it took uh, to keep Larry Ogunjobi from going to Pittsburgh. They could also just do some more of the weird three-man front stuff, moving a guy around, more linebackers, more safeties on the field. Who knows? Akeem Davis-Gaither – uh, you know, maybe he gets more pass rushing opportunities and they go with that three man line and put Akeem Davis Gaither in three safeties and a couple of linemen. Who knows, right? They can get crazy with it. Lou Anarimo can mix it up in his lab all offseason. My last thing that I'll mention about Sue is yes, the age is getting up there, but the productivity I think is falling off as well. And that's a little bit concerning with him. And, and he would give you durability, he would give you a veteran presence. But how different is he from Larry Ogunjobi at this point in his career? He's a far cry from his peak at this point, but he's still probably a solid veteran that in the right spot could contribute, especially if you can protect his snap count some and, mm-hmm. and start to put him in more strategic spots. Coming up next, let's dive in to the Lockdown Bengals mailbag, the offseason mailbag. We've got a fun question to kick things off from the scudge, and we'll go there coming up next. The only thing more consistent than Indomitian Sue's durability in the regular season in the postseason since 2011 What's rockauto.com? Because they've been in business for more than two decades. They're a family-owned company. And I got to be honest, if you're looking for car parts, truck parts, van parts, any parts for your automobile, you got to go to rockauto.com. Don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same quality parts you're going to get at Rock Auto. And yeah, you could go to the big dealer or that that big box shop where Earl's going to look up the, the make, year, model of your car. Or you could do it all from the comfort of your own home in your fuzzy slippers and have it delivered right to your door at rockauto.com. So don't pay more, save money, save time, save energy with Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write Locked On 
Now, how did you hear about us, Bucks? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, we have a lot of football questions in our mailbag to get to today, including a couple about the Bengals wide receivers. But I, I thought this was a fun question, and it's an easy answer. But it's from this guy, at Jay Scudgeons on Twitter. Who can drink more margaritas on a beach vacation between James Rapine and Jake Lisko? <laughs> I like my chances in that one. I'm not going to lie to you, G- given uh, how much we uh, one of us drank and one of us didn't drink uh, first during uh, the Thursday night meetup that we had. And that whole uh, rendezvous over the that weekend, and then uh, obviously at Super Bowl Fifty Six that week, I uh, I didn't get much sleep. Uh, I'll be honest, and I think I was the the lone locked on guy that uh, got less sleep than, uh, or I got I got the least amount of sleep by far. And it might have had to do with some adult beverages. Not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, I don't really drink is is the easy answer here. Although I do like margaritas; they taste nice. So I would have like a couple, but. Yeah, James, you, you're often you're the more competitive between the two of us for sure. And you would say you would win any kind of question that would be posed to us, especially this. What it is, but but this one I I agree with you, hands down. Yeah. That, that that's a no contest. Let's get into some football questions here for the people that are here to hear us talk about football and not drinking margaritas on the beach, which sounds uh, really nice. I need a yeah. vacation. Let's Thanks. go to Rab at Books and Bengals reading a book on the beach, perhaps is Rab while listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. He wants to know what our percentage of confidence is that the Bengals keep T. Higgins for a second contract. Whew. If I had to give a percentage, it would be pretty pretty high. Um, but there's reason to believe that it doesn't get done. So I'll just say 85%. See what I did there? Um, look, T. Higgins is a big part of what they do. And – the Bengals in the past have found a way to to do this. Now, here's the difference. If Joe Burrow is getting $50 million per and Jamar Chase is going to get $30 million per and T. Higgins wants $30 million per or $25 million per, well, do the math there. That's a hell of a lot of money in over $100 million in cap space, regardless of what it is, in, in, in dollars allocated. At least it might not be cap numbers. Um, so it's going to be challenging. But here's how they do it, and I think this is going to be the plan, and it's going to probably be kind of wild when the Bengals don't necessarily extend Jamar Chase after the 2023 season, and I don't think I would either. I think my plan would be if I'm the Bengals, you have Jamar under team control with that fifth-year option through 2026, okay? T. Higgins is only under contract through 2023. So what you do is you extend him, and let's say it's a four-year extension. Well, now it's only a couple years where that overlaps, right? Because he's only going into year three. And, and so you can find a way to do it where it's Burrow and Higgins, 
And then as Chase kicks in, maybe that's when Burrow's cap hit starts going up and you have to to juggle it a little bit. So I, I do think that they can do it and they can find a way to manage it to where T. Higgins through his, say he's 23 now, his age 28 season, most of his prime, he's in Cincinnati along with Chase, along with Burrow. Because it's hard to do. And it's going to be hard to do, and I think they're just going to have to space them out with the way they structure them and the way they sign them to make sure they keep the three around. Because I, I think it's special, I think it's unique, and I uh, don't think it's a coincidence that there's so many wide receiver needy teams that are aggressively addressing that position. T. Higgins, for example, I think would have been a top receiver in this year's draft class. I think he's better than Chris Olave. I think he's better than a lot of these receivers that were taken. Traylon Burks, right, in the first round. Um, and, and so... You want to keep him, but he's also going to get big dollars if you let him hit free agency, and I don't think the Bengals will let him do it. He's certainly better now. As a prospect, there's probably a conversation of T. Higgins, Chris Olave, and Chris Olave might have been a better prospect at the time coming out coming out of college, but certainly now, I mean, T. Higgins, as we've discussed on this show, I think we see as a top 15, 20 receiver easily in the NFL, if not a little bit higher has an under the radar breakout season overmasked over, overshadowed I should say by uh Jamar Chase's rookie year doesn't really have huge regular season numbers because he misses some games and then has a great run in the playoffs and when you look at his per game averages including the playoffs just a really good football player and yeah he benefits a little bit from Jamar Chase being on the other side of the field this year and he benefits from Joe Burrow but he's really good at playing wide receiver and with the prices ballooning, the one thing that I would pick a bone with, James, in your plan is I would want to get Jamar Chase's deal done as soon as possible as well. Because if they wait and do the fifth-year option, the eventual extension just has a higher price tag. The, the way that things seem to be exploding for wide receiver prices, uh, at least in the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how that would work out. I, I don't think your percentage is too off though like the 85 80 percent 90 percent whatever it is in that range is where i would lean right now as well especially with the way things seem to be going with jesse bates that is not going to be a long-term contract on the books a lot of the other current players under contract on defense that have veteran deals are not on the books to the point where t higgins new money is really going to kick in and be a big issue from a salary cap perspective and so they can get it done and to me part of it depends on how well do they have they hit on other players that are on rookie deals for the next few years? How good is last year's draft class at the end of this year? How good is this year's draft class? How much contribution are they getting from those guys? Does that make them feel like they don't need to continue to spend money urgently on the defensive side of the ball? Because at some point, resources just get tight, right? Even with the salary cap increasing, you can only pay so much money and you can only allocate dollars so well. And so... The money will have to be so, – so if they spend the money, I should say, on Jamar Chase, D. Higgins, Joe Burrow, which is what I think a good plan could be, that means that you're cheaper somewhere else that you're not cheaper right now. Mm-hmm. And so that means they have to hit on these draft picks to backfill these positions and find value at these other positions because right now the value is on those players on the offensive side of the ball that are so valuable to this football team. And here's the other part of this, the Jesse Bates part, where, look, if you let Jesse walk – it's one thing, and I think people are going to be able to get over it. But if you let Jesse Bates walk and then T. Higgins leaves uh, you know, a year or two later, then that's pretty damn frustrating. And I, I don't think both should or really can happen if they want to keep this window wide open. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, oh they, they could find a receiver. And, man, 
a lot of these dudes that they draft, uh, you know, that are drafted and not they, the NFL drafts in early rounds at receiver, a lot of them are not going to deliver. Okay. They're not all going to be Jamar Chase. They're not all even going to be T. Higgins. They're not even going to be Chase Claypool, who isn't a top three receiver, but damn it, he at least has 800 yards in back to back years with a quarterback that runs slower than molasses in Ben Roethlisberger. Couldn't move at all. So uh, while Chase Claypool deserves to be ripped this week, and I ripped him on Locked On NFL, shameless plug. At the same time, he's at least been productive. Some of these guys won't even be that productive. So uh, a guy like Higgins, he deserves to be paid. I, I hope the Bengals pay him. And, yeah, I mean, there's other strategies to it, Jake, as far as that goes. And I'm not against paying Chase. Obviously, he's a freak and he's better than T. But how do they do it? Is it Burrow just pushes his cap hits to 2029, 2028? Because he can. He, he, there's a way they could structure it where that happens if he signs a 10-year deal or a 12-year extension or something crazy, maybe. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's up to the Bengals to, to figure out the path to get it done. But I would keep this trio together for as long as possible. Yeah, and it just means, like I said, it means that they need to be efficient elsewhere as well. And they need to be efficient and smart with the way that they're managing the cap. And maybe they're starting to prepare for that now. We keep wondering where the rest of those cap dollars are going. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're rolling it over so they can fit more in starting next year with a little bit more cap room to work for, work with after that rollover adjustment. Coming up next, we continue answering questions in the mailbag, including the wide receiver four situation, staying on James's favorite topic, and more to wrap up this week of Locked on Bengals. But first, a word from Built Bar the number one protein bar on the planet, the protein bar that's going to help you get in beach shape. Jake talked about vacation. If you're going on summer vacation and you're doing some push-ups, you're doing some sit-ups, you're doing some crunches, you're trying to improve that diet, Built Bar can help you get there. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and they taste great, covered in 100% real chocolate. So don't just listen to that, man, James, he's the Built Bar guy. I'm not listening to him. No, no, no. Go to built.com, check out all the different flavors. And when you're like, man, I got to try this one, do it, put it in your cart and use promo code lock 15. You'll get 15% off your order. You're going to get the number one protein bar on the planet and the official protein bar of locked on Bengals. So built.com promo code lock 15 for 15% off again, save money today. Lock 15 at built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And our next question stays on the wide receiver topic from WDN today. What do you think of the current wide receiver four situation? Are they going to bring anyone in? Is it Stanley Morgan's job to lose? There's a talented trio writes WDN today. But if one were to go down, things get a little dicey at wide receiver. And a little tease here, James, before you answer the question, this is a topic that we'll talk about with Joe Goodberry in our next episode that'll be dropping on Sunday night. Yeah, uh, look, how do I feel about the wide receiver four position? 
that's it's tough to answer because I like Stanley Morgan Jr. I like Mike Thomas. Uh, I like Trent Taylor, right? And, and I like him for different reasons. The first two guys, Morgan and Thomas, I think they're really good special teams contributors, and I think they uh, are talented enough to be on the roster. But and here's the but. And maybe one of these guys emerges, right? Mike Thomas, when he first got to Cincinnati in 2020, did flash a little bit early in the year, and then he got phased out on offense. And he played a little bit last year on offense, didn't have as many catches. But can Stanley Morgan Jr. be that guy on offense? Where, okay, Tyler Boyd's dinged up, Stanley Morgan Jr.'s in there. Or T. Higgins tweaked his his hamstring, he's out for a game, and and so Morgan's going to have to catch some passes as that third wide receiver. That's the part of it that scares me. Like Morgan's a good blocker. I think Thomas can do a bunch of different things and is okay on offense. But the Bengals, and you've pointed this out a ton, they run a lot of three wide receiver sets. And that's they rely on that. And so when you don't have one of those big three, to me on paper, the offense just looks a lot less scary. It doesn't mean they can't overcome it for a game or two, but the overall ceiling, I think, of this offense drops pretty significantly without one of the Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. And so I would be open to a veteran. People know this. We talked about Odell Beckham Jr. on this pod. I think last mailbag, uh, the other one would be like a Will Fuller type. Uh, I know some have mentioned D.D. Westbrook. That doesn't really do it for me, right? Like to me, I would be open to Stanley Morgan Jr. and and Mike Thomas in that scenario. Um, And ultimately, if I had to place bet online odds on it, it probably is going to be in-house. And, you know, the Bengals are going to bank on these guys to, to make plays when needed and hope for health and go from there. But me, uh, I'm a little uneasy about it, even though by mid, mid-year, mid I might not be because Stanley Morgan Jr. or one of these other guys could emerge. Yeah, it's a position where there hasn't been a, a – they've invested premium draft picks here recently, but not really the the mid- or late-round draft picks here recently which is something that we're used to the Bengals doing which is something that often did have us feeling a little bit better about their depth instead of you know undrafted free agent types backing up your starters we're used to the Bengals having always you know there's always like a a third round pick here a fifth round pick there some sort of mid-round pick at wide receiver like a Van Jefferson with the Rams who comes and steps up in that role when there are some injuries to the starters in Los Angeles or KJ Osborne in Minnesota, like the Bengals don't really have that developmental draft pick, young guy, kind of guy that you feel could step into that role. So that's why we talk about the one year deals for some of the veterans that we talk about. That's why we talked about drafting a wide receiver going into the draft, because the Bengals have done a lot of this and you've seen other teams do this as well so that there is a pipeline so that you're not one receiver injury away from having an undrafted free agent who may or may not have developed in his time in the NFL starting and and to your point James yeah Stanley Morgan could take a big leap and Mike Thomas and Stanley Morgan are both guys that our our buddy Joe Goodberry who like I said we're having on the show on Sunday really liked in the draft and and there's it's not like they're they're nothing's a wide receiver but they're certainly not you know there's a big step down maybe a little bit bigger than you'd want and and maybe you're looking for a little bit more upside in in that wide receiver four and and the the other thing here what what if it's what if the Buccaneers cut Scotty Miller? And I'm not saying they will, right? But like something like that happens where Jalen Darden emerges and Tyler Johnson's really good for them. And they obviously have, uh, you know, Russell Gage and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And so, and, and I don't think it's going to happen, but someone could get cut. Yeah, there will and be that's cuts. The, 
and, and that's the other part of this where maybe the wide receiver four just isn't on the roster yet and they like these guys as wide receiver five and sixes and they're not going to necessarily sign a huge name that we're talking about but they have guys on their radar that could get cut and that's that's the other aspect of this that i could see happening as well james we have time for one more question We've done two of your favorites, wide receiver questions. Oh, your your kind of question. I'll, I'll let you pick the last question here for for today because we we've we've dipped into yours. We'll just stay on the James train. What's your next favorite question? Zoltz says, looking at the Bengals roster currently, who do you all think is most likely to win an award next season, excluding Joe Burrow for most valuable player? Because I think he's the obvious choice to be nominated and win one. Mix and chase for offensive player of the year. Hill for defensive rookie of the year, et cetera. This is is an interesting one because the Bengals don't have a clear-cut rookie of the year candidate for me. And so it's not as easy as saying that. Um, So so what do you think here, Jake? This is a tough one. I'm pulling up a list of, of, of annual awards. So there's rookie of the year, obviously, defensive player of the year, um, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, Sportsmanship Award, Comeback Player of the Year. Is there not a Special Teamer of the Year Award? There's a there's a Sack Leader Award, Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award. There's a, a Single Game Award. Is there really no Special Teamer of the Year? Because I was going to go Evan McPherson. I don't for, think there is. For Special Teamer of the Year, but I don't think there is one. So it's Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year would be the big ones. And Maybe maybe Trey Hendrickson has a shot at the Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award that you win simply by having the most sacks. But it, it, it could be Chase for Offensive Player of the Year. Do it. That Do would it. be the one, right? Do if it. He takes that a, is if the he one. takes a second-year leap and, and gets better at some of the things I talked with Matt Harmon about on yesterday's show, which you should check out. We went deep on all three of the Bengals' starting receivers and what makes them so good in such a dangerous trio – if he takes that step, gets a little bit better against zone coverage, gets a little bit more consistent at the catch point, continues to build, like doesn't have that dip in the middle of the season, then he's putting up the Cooper Cup numbers. And Cooper what? Cup just won Offensive Player of the Year, right? Yeah, he did. And so that, here's the other aspect. And I think it's going to happen. I haven't talked about it much on the pod yet. I think they're going to use him a little like Debo. I think he's going to get a few more handoffs this year. Didn't work out last year much. I think that had to do with the offensive line as much as anything. The touches. I think the touches, the targets, the opportunities. Like he was really explosive and had a bunch of huge plays. But I think they're just going to feed him and get him more touches this year because they're going to be able to open up part of that playbook. I, I think this is the one, if there is one. Now, you could argue Joe Mixon, right, for offensive player of the year. I think that would be really could hard. You? But if uh, Maybe because you know if he runs for 1,500 – Right, if they go that route, I just think Jamar Chase is much more likely uh, to to, I just to don't think that's enough. Have 18, 1900 yards receiving, you know, and, and could he have twenty touchdowns? He had thirteen last year. If this offense is better, like it's not insane. I wouldn't necessarily wager on, but if you're picking one, I think it's more likely than Mixon or Trey Hendrickson yeah. or insert whoever. Even even more likely than Dax Hill. As much as I like Dax to win. Uh, you know, defensive player of the year. I just don't necessarily think that happens, but I do think Jamar Chase could be offensive player of the year. It's a, it's a fun one, and it's a tough one when you cancel out the the Joe Burrow MVP, which would be the obvious one. Yeah, and and talking about running backs, 
the last couple of running backs to win offensive player of the year, Derrick Henry in 2020, when he went over 2000 yards, 17 touchdowns, and he had 114 rushing yards. So a total of like 2160, 2140 ish yards. Uh, Todd Gurley in 2017 had 1300 rushing yards, 788 receiving yards. So again, roughly 2000 yards from scrimmage had 19 touchdowns between receiving and rushing. So those are your, those are your thresholds for running backs. I have a hard time seeing Joe Mixon putting up 2,000 yards from scrimmage, even even if he has a great year, just because of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and, and no even doubt. Hayden Hurst being on the team. Like These guys are going to make it hard. Like Cooper Cup, a beneficiary of 3,000 targets on his way to his Offensive Player of the Year award. And the Bengals just have so many weapons that it's hard to imagine that much opportunity being there for any single one of them. But if any of them would do it, I would think it's Jamar Chase, especially if he takes a step the way he took the league by storm as a rookie and should just get better, along with Joe Burrow getting better, along with an offensive line existing, along with the increased confidence coming off a Super Bowl run and knowing that you can do those things. Easy to see Jamar Chase taking a pretty big leap there and pushing for offensive player of the year if he continues to get better as we expect him to. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hope you appreciated the a lot of wide receiver talk this week on the show. We had Matt Harmon yesterday, like I mentioned, talking about all of the Bengals starters. Today we had three mailbag questions on wide receivers, plus that fun conversation about Larry Ogunjobi to start things off. Next time on Lockdown Bengals, we talk with Joe Goodberry about some of the under-discussed, under-heralded, underrated question marks or big pivotal year players on the Cincinnati Bengals that we have questions about what to expect in 2022. That's coming your way on Sunday evening. Until then, Bengals fans, thanks for listening. Hooday and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.